0: You are listening to The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.thecellphonejunkie.com. Hello and welcome to The Cell Phone Junkie show number 53. My name is Mickey Papillon, and joining me today is another special guest. I've got Jerry back on the show. Jerry, how are you?
1: All right, Mix. Thanks for having me uh, aboard today, and uh, glad to be here on this fine Sunday morning. Uh, This is a special Sunday morning for me. It's my uh, first year wedding anniversary with my lovely wife, Lara. So uh, she's looking at me as I do this podcast, saying, uh, when are we going out, but... (laughs) <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll uh, get this done in enough time so that I like, can enjoy my anniversary, but like I said, I'm glad to be with you here on the show today. Well, we're really glad that you took time out
0: of such a special day for you. Number one, congratulations. That's fantastic. Um, and number two, again, it's it's great to have you on. I know you always bring great contributions to the show. For those people that are pretty new to the show, we uh, we had David Siccone on last week, and, and I noticed after Dave... Uh, joined us that he posted up a link on mobility today to uh, the show, the fact that he had joined us on the show, and uh, had about three times the normal downloads as we usually do. So that was that was pretty neat, pretty exciting. So if you are back with us, we appreciate you coming back. If you have any questions or comments, what we do every week is uh, we talk about news and new devices and different software that's out there in the cell phone industry, and then uh, jump into questions and comments to finish off the show. If you'd like to have us answer anything for you, you can do it one of two ways. Shoot us an email at thecellphonejunkie at gmail.com or give us a call at 602-903-4116 and we can get your question or comment on the show that way so hey Jerry the biggest news of the week that uh, at least as far as an announcement was concerned was the folio from palm and uh, it's not a cell phone um, it's not uh, a phone and really anyway it's just a uh, a companion for a smartphone and I did want to mention it and I know you've got some some feelings on this, uh, what I wanted to say was the fact that the, the what it is, and then we'll talk about it here, the Folio is a, a mobile companion, and it's essentially a keyboard and a screen. And, and without going into a lot of detail on it, it weighs about 2 and a half pounds, and uh, it, it runs a version of Linux. It's an instant-on device. Um, it has Bluetooth and Wi-Fi in it. And essentially, uh, the way that they're touting it, at least in the review that they did was it's a direct uh, paired connection to either your Trio. Uh, I think they said it would work with any other Windows mobile device, any Palm OS device, uh, even Blackberries is what I've heard. And it's an extension of what you have On that mobile device, and it uses that device's uh, internet to get out to search on websites, and it also does basically a synchronized version of your inbox on that on that uh, screen as well. So if you read an email uh, and respond to it, it will respond, you know, and send the email out, and then make that change um, on your mobile device. But um, that's pretty that's pretty much what it does. Is it's essentially a big screen and keyboard. Um, and, and Jerry, I, you weren't you weren't
1: impressed, were you? i uh, not impressed, and I guess neither were the uh, the pundits out there and all the critics. Um, basically, like you said, Mick, I mean, this is a screen that um, basically connects to your your mobile device and allows you to view email and and stay in sync, and uh, you know. The, the problem with this thing is, or at least that I see is, it, it's another component for you to carry. Most people have laptops, and laptops now are getting so cheap in price, and, and you, if you throw in uh, devices like UMPCs in there, which are also coming down in price, you really have to question where this thing fits in. Is there going to be a market for this, and who's going to use it? Um, my my impression is that, you know, I would have no use for this thing. Um, you know, if I, it's sort of like what we used to call in the IT industry is a dumb terminal. Um, you know, it does have some, uh, you know, obviously it does have Linux on it. It will have Opera as its browser. Um, but it's totally reliant on your, your I guess, the... Uh, the cell phone that you hook it up to, and Palm has been touting this for for months and months and months. You know, uh, Jeff Hawkins, um, the the guy that uh, invented the original Palm device, basically, um, you know, it, it was supposed to be this great device coming, you know, that was going to reshape uh, mobile computing. And as you see, does it really reshape anything?
0: Well, and I think the to its credit, and and I want to I want to give both sides of it. Uh, it does have Wi-Fi, so if all you want to do is have a, a dumb terminal, and, and you mention it, the price of laptops are coming way down, this is going to be $500 uh, out of the shoot, and they're talking about a $100 rebate on it as well. So even for $400 for a device that does uh, Internet surfing and email, uh, it does have uh, uh, editors for Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and a PDF viewer, so you are able to view do things with your attachments. Um, but that's a lot of money. I mean, the, the other thing you could do is go on eBay and pick up, you know, a three to five year old laptop for half the price, you know, $300 maybe, which is going to do the same basic functions, you know, I, I'm, and I'm not trying to rip into it. But I mean, at the same time, we're just trying to give everyone a, a, a rounded view of what we're looking at. And it's it's a it's a, a 10 inch screen with
1: a full size keyboard is is what it is that runs Linux, right? Exactly, and and that's that's a good point. the, the Linux there, I think that's this is the beginning of Palm's movement, and we all knew it was coming. Palm's movement toward um, implementing Linux on various devices, and I think this is an accessory. Okay, whether or not you feel, you know, the the listeners out there, you feel you need a device like that. Um, it's, and it's, a, it's an accessory. So, it, you know, if it fits your lifestyle and it's exactly what you need, hey, go for it. But I, I think this is, you're going to see a progressive movement here. And obviously the the handheld uh, devices are next in line to receive uh, Linux. Uh, we all know. We've all seen the screenshots. We've all heard the rumors about Palm moving to that platform. So I think in that respect, uh, Palm has shown that, yes, we're moving forward with the platform. And it's going to be part of our future. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, moving on to another player in the industry
0: that's kind of separate and apart uh, from cell phones, but it's a it's a software uh, that uh, that both you and I, Jerry, use, and that's the Sling uh, Sling Player uh, by Sling Media. And the news this week is that they're announcing their Windows Mobile Six. Uh, supported client. Uh, people who have the Windows Mobile 6 professional or standard devices that they've been uh, been using for since it's come out here in the last few months have had to take a Windows Mobile 5 version of the Sling Player. Uh, and I think you said it was a DLL hack um, that you you made and then you're able to uh, to use it on your device. Well, no fear, the, the, the private beta version for Windows Mobile 6 devices is now out. And uh, if you'd like to try it, you can hop on over to to sling, I think you have to send them an email and uh, or sign up for their beta version and they'll take care of you, but uh, this is good news for the Windows Mobile 6 players out there. You know, I got the BlackBerry now, so I don't get to watch it mobily, but I do have it on my, my old uh, HP 3115, so I watch TV around the house, and we were talking it before the show, and I, I kind of joke, because I watch it... Um, on this little tiny screen while I'm getting ready in the morning, uh, on my, on my PDA. I I actually do use it every single day, but it's kind of nice. I sit there in the bathroom and have the, have the PDA propped up and able to watch TV. So it's kind of nice, but, uh, yeah. So windows mobile six, you're ready to go with that now. Looking at uh, the iPhone, of course, Jerry. We got to talk about the iPhone again. Uh, oh yeah, you said a dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, this every single week, more and more information comes out. We're not, we're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but I do want to say, uh, third-party applications are look like they're going to be supported by the iPhone. Um, the The question that everyone had about that, you know, is it going to happen or is it not going to happen, was answered on. Uh, I think it was the thirtieth at the was it the D five convention that was going on. Steve Jobs was talking with uh, Walt Mossberg, and basically said that. Um, they are going to be allowing third-party developers into the arena to be able to develop for them so I think that was that was something that everyone is just waiting um, to have it answered and, you know which is which is great I mean that's going to really increase I think the popularity of, of, of what people are going to be able to do with it and and what's it going to be is it going to be you know maybe like a mobile quicken or maybe you know mobile word or Excel uh, you know Skype something like that you know any of the different programs that uh people you know love to use on their macs they're going to be able to use on this now um you know still it's it's something that you know we're uh it, you know haven't we haven't seen the phone yet we haven't seen anyone who's going to be developing for it yet so that's it's all hearsay still but uh Um, I know, Jerry, you're a big Windows Mobile application guy, so this, I'm sure, was good news for you.
1: Not that you're thinking about getting the iPhone, but nonetheless. Well, let's say don't jump to conclusions here. I mean, uh, I know definitely for sure uh, this is something that I probably will want to get from my wife because she's been dying to get one, get her hands on one. Um, But as far as the third-party apps is concerned, you know, I I think Steve Jobs really has um, his work cut out for him with this because... Here's the thing with the the third-party apps, and I I totally agree with what Steve has said in the past about the more applications that you put on your phone, and as a Windows Mobile uh, user, uh, both you and I, Mick, we can attest to this, the more unstable... Devices become mm-hmm. okay. Whether it's because an application is poorly coded, whether it's because uh, the OS provider, either Microsoft, Palm, Rim, whoever it may be, um, does not provide um, the developers with the tools or information that they need to code applications uh, for the um, for the device. And a lot of uh, the devices um, out there um, really have stringent um, stringent. Things that need to be done in order for an app to perform uh, you know, well on the device. So my, my point here is that you know, Steve Jobs really has to work with third-party developers real closely because you don't want a situation, and he's totally right, you don't want a situation where you've got all these apps loaded on your phone, and guess what? You have to make a phone call and it locks up, how many times is a Windows mobile device, and even Palm devices, you know, you need to reset, you need to reboot, and it's just, it gets ridiculous. And nine times out of ten, it's because you have something on there that causes the phone to do this. So, like I said, I sit on both sides of the fence with the third-party apps. Um, But hopefully, you know, they can uh, do justice to the phone and and what this phone is going to offer people.
0: Well, and what a great point that is. I mean, you're talking about how... I shouldn't say unstable but more uh, unstable the phone can get as you load things. And I know for a lot of people too what, what they'll run into with that is you know let's say you you buy you know you buy a new phone and you're you're familiar with the Windows Mobile Arena and you've been using Windows Mobile for a while and maybe you've got all these applications uh that you've been using and you load you know your 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 old standbys maybe it's an RSS reader uh maybe it is the Opera browser maybe it is um you know, Skype or the sling player or whatever it is. And then maybe you decide, Hey, I'm going to load, you know, a a battery tools program um, or something that maybe you've never used before. And you come up with the problem. Hey, it, it's, something's wrong something's instable now well now you have to go back and troubleshoot and which one is it was it it was it that single software piece that you put on there or maybe it was something that was interacting with something else at the same time and causing the instability and um not to get into you know a discussion of software problems and and, and third party and stuff like that and what it could or could not do um, but i know they're going to probably want for their first you know mobile phone device, they're going to want to be pretty stringent on what is out there and what they allow people to do. Uh, and install on this thing, at least I would hope. That would be my thought on this
1: right now. Exactly. And and just, just to add, I think the quality of applications that Apple was putting on the iPhone to start with is going to be pretty high. I mean, if you take a look at the browser, and I know some people, I've, I've spoken to some people, oh, will will run JavaScript, Will it do Flash, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but this is a desktop class uh, operating system. And like I said, the software on there is going to be, uh, I can imagine, just very high quality. Quality and, and it will lessen the need for a lot of third-party apps. I mean, some of the apps on, on the Microsoft platform, they just have a, a lot to be desired, so you have to go out there and get some third-party apps to uh you know, overcome some of the shortcomings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think with the iPhone, you'll have a little bit different scenario. Not to say that you don't need third-party apps. I think uh, it's a very important thing to to have on there. But I think Steve has to do his due diligence and make sure that all the developers out there adhere to the standards that Apple sets
0: forth. Well, and and we're gonna move on to the next story here, but continue on with iPhone stuff. One of the one of the things that I always talk about is is I don't like to... I like to talk about facts and information that's out there right now. But, you know, everything that we've been talking about with the iPhone has pretty much been speculation up to this point. Uh, the mere fact that it is going to be probably uh, the most revolutionary device, mobile device to come out in a while is why we spend so much time on it. But uh, this next story here uh, is a rumor at this point. But uh, Taiwanese manufacturer Quanta um, who has been has a relationship with Apple in and, and working on MacBooks and iPods and stuff like that for sale has uh, has said it's getting uh, a, an order for five million new iPhones and we're not talking about the ones that are coming out right now but the next one the the second generation um, maybe a 3G or 3.5G iPhone possibly European market phone. Um, you know, let's talking about sixteen or thirty-two gigabyte. I mean, it's just you know for the the to- the total size of it. Nothing, nothing is obviously uh, you know confirmed on any of this yet. But they're talking about second generation shipments in September of two thousand and seven. I don't want to persuade anyone or or change anyone's decision on whether or not to get the first one that comes out because we all know it's going to be a very exciting phone. Um, and uh, but just some a potential rumor that uh, you know. Quanta could be getting the second generation order, so...
1: I don't think that's going to change your wife's decision, though, is it, Jerry? <laughs> no, no, and and by the time you know that second gen is ready, I mean, you, you know that the carriers offer usually offer what is what is it, twelve to eighteen months where you can get a new phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically, you know, the on average. So, I, you know, I think I think it's going to time out nicely for most people. Um, and Quanta, from what I understand, you know, they do um, they they're a relatively new player to the market of making devices. They already are making some Windows mobile devices. So so it's um, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see some good stuff from them. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, E911, you know that service on your phone that you never think you use or you never really care about and you pay a tax on it every month? Well, guess what? It works. It found a transplant patient. A 10-year-old boy in Pennsylvania was waiting for a heart transplant, and this uh, E911 service actually helped save his life. They were waiting for a phone call from a from a, the donor as far as you know when they were going to get the heart, but they were unreachable. Luckily, they had a sprint cell phone that had the E911 service on it. and the local uh, law enforcement authorities were able to track him them down at a local jazz music festival using the phone's integrated GPS. And um, basically they, they went out, they found them, they found the family, found the, the 10year- old boy, rushed him to the children's hospital in Pittsburgh where they completed the surgery and it was a success. Um, You know, so what a, what a great story that is for not only for this little boy and, and saving his life, but you know, for the, the technology and the fact it it works. I mean, it's, you know, you're able to,
1: it's, it, it's usable, and that's great. Right. Yeah, that that is definitely a heartwarming story, and and I don't mean that pun intended. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, it's just good to know that you know some of this technology, and it, it it's transparent to a lot of us because it's like life insurance. You know, you pay, you pay, you pay, but when you actually need it, or it, it's actually needed, um, it's good to see that, as the story says, it actually works. It actually does work. Yep. Yep.
0: We'll move on to a few devices here, and uh, the first one, I kind of had to smile, and and there's a reason that we're talking about it. Back, I don't even remember what show it was, Jerry. It was probably in the single digits of the Cell Phone Junkie when I had you on, probably the first time. We were talking about Jitterbug, and uh, (laughs) Jitterbug is a service and uh, basically geared towards uh, elderly people. And the phones, um, and the one phone that we're looking at here is dubbed Jitterbug Phone. And it is a, a very, very basic phone for the price of $147 with a contract. And uh, what we're looking at is a screen, a yes button, a no button, an up and down arrow. And uh, a ten key keypad, <laughs> and that's that's pretty much it.
1: Or yeah, that's the one next to it. <laughs> that's the advanced model. <laughs>
0: uh, the, the not so advanced model has uh, your yes no button, up down arrows, and three dedicated buttons: one for operator, one for tow truck and one for 911. And the reason I mentioned it is because it had been a while since we talked about this. And I I had a comment from somebody um, that I was talking to the other day. And they said, you know, phones are just so complicated now. You're able to do so many things on them. And, you know, my comment is, oh, yeah, it's so great. And, you know, I love it. And, you know, you can do so many things with them now. And their comment was, well, yeah, that's fine. But what am I supposed to? Oh, see, now we got a trio ringing. Ah, oh, oh. wow, boy! Let it ring. Let it ring. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but their comment was, you know, the jitterbug. I said the jitterbug would be the phone for them because it's got so many, um, so many fewer features than what you find on your typical cell phone right now. So I wanted to bring it up on the show for anyone that's looking for a phone that's for somebody that may or may not um be all into everything that's out there right now. So, um I could I could definitely see this as something that uh both sets of fortunately my uh grandparents are are still alive could use because they, you know, they look at a phone and they go, you know, one of them's still using, you know, the old MicroTAC for crying out loud. You know, <laughs> they've got it on an right. old old plan and you know, and that's
1: just fine for them because it's got it's all it does is make calls. It's great right exactly and you know i could also see this i mean i know uh you know if some kids are listening to this they'll say oh i want the latest features but even for kids you know like uh young uh people that just need to uh call somebody and it's a one press thing and you know it's good for that too
0: Mm -hmm, definitely And, and you know it's got it's got a it's not a bad looking phone i wouldn't say it's cutting edge by any means but it's it's really not too bad it's you know it's small it's a flip phone and uh you know just just something good for those who are just looking for looking for something so Hey, the uh, the BlackBerry Curve finally got released. We have talked about it on the past, you know, talked about all the uh, you know the hype about it and everything. In fact, I I remember it because um, I mentioned it mistakenly on one of the shows. I called the eighty-eight thirty the Curve, and it was uh, n- not quite. But um, it, it got <laughs> you, you threw us a curve, Mick. Yeah, I threw you a curve. <laughs> <laughs> it's out. Hop over to AT and T if you're interested in picking one up. And uh, two megapixel camera on it. It's got the trackball. You know. Desktop uh, media manager, which means it's got a micro SD card in it, so you can throw your media on it if you want to. For the for the the people who like to to listen to music on their phones, you got it right there. The other uh, the other device I want to talk about is the Motorola Q9H, and we have talked about this in the past. Um, that we knew it was going to be coming out, we didn't know when. And what we've seen here is a number of people got it this week. Jerry, the uh, the boy genius, I don't know what. Uh, who he knows, but he knows he just knows so many people. and just gets phones all the time. It, exactly, it's uh, it's great. Um, so I, I wanted to just give some initial thoughts on on what they've had to say, um, what Boy Genius had to say, and then also um, CNET and Phone Scoop also looked at it as well. So just kind of give a little overview for those who are thinking about it. Um, he says, uh, you know, it's it's got some noticeable improvements over the first Motorola Q. Uh, he says, the keyboard, just wow. The feel of the unit is great. Speaker volume and call quality are on par um, or better than pretty much any Windows Mobile 6 standard device, which doesn't mean a whole lot right now because there's only a couple of them. Um, signal strength uh, doesn't look to suffer. Let's see, what else? He's saying, the, the quality is good. Uh, it sounds really pleasant to talk on someone with it. And, uh, you know, the camera application, one of the, the issues that a lot of people had with the Q where it didn't go full screen, uh, you can now view the, the viewfinder full screen on it. Um, and he says he's, he's really kind of liking it. He's liking the device. Now, And gadget, on the other hand, in a roundup here of the different stories is saying, you know, okay, it's got, uh, unfortunately, it, it doesn't have Wi-Fi, uh, proprietary mini USB port. Uh, the default install of the Opera web browser, uh, not Pocket Internet Explorer, and uh, Documents to Go instead of Mobile Office, which is a little strange to me. So, um, you know, kind of some some different different views on on the same device here. And uh, you know, Jerry, you were you were saying some uh, you know great comment. What? has Motorola done with their quality control to make sure that we don't have people like me who go through six different queues
1: before they finally just throw in the towel, you know? Exactly. I mean, uh, Motorola up until this point has not had the greatest luck um, with uh, quality control on their devices, And, and this is going back quite a number of years now, and you know the the q nine h i mean looks like a sweet device i mean it looks like a device that will satisfy a lot of people you know it's the next generation it obviously it's an incremental update one thing i'm a little uh you know, uh Ifion is why it's a bit bigger than the original Q. Uh, shouldn't we be going the other way? But I guess because it's packed more features, um, that they did make it a little bulkier. Um, but I know Mick you had mentioned something about the keyboard where um you know, it basically, in the re- many of the reviews, people have enjoyed the keyboard and said it's a great keyboard. But you made the point where you said the the keys are too close together, so that when you try to type, you don't get that, uh, I guess, uh, tactile feedback or where your fingers are on on the device to be able to type ap- accurately. So uh, you know that might be an issue also for some.
0: Yeah, I you know one thing for me that I've found out in in the in the my preference on keyboards. Is how I like my keys laid out. When I look at a at a device like this, or even the new 8830 from Verizon, I went and played with that a little bit this week. And if those keys are touching, I have a really hard time figuring out where my fingers are, and I can't I I can't type nearly uh, as fast. You know, I look at like the Q, uh, the original Q, or the uh, the 8703 Blackberry I have now. The keys are spaced apart. I can easily type on it. Uh, not something I could do with this. You know. Also, on a side note here, this uh, this device, if I remember correctly, does not have a side scroll ball on it. I think, or the uh, the I get the jog dial. Excuse me, not a scroll the jog ball. Jog dial, right? Yeah, the jog dial, which means you have to use that front four way D pad uh, or five way D pad to to go up, down, left, right, and select things, um, which is okay. I mean, I. I I, I can I can handle it, I can figure it out, but I really like the jog dial. It just it did something for me on that original cue, um, for the one handedness and, and reading through emails.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, especially on a smartphone uh, OS or Windows Mobile um, Windows Mobile 6 uh, standard, which it's called now, um, I think it's really almost a necessity. I mean, the D-pad is nice. You know, I, I use the D-pad exclusively uh, for navigation on my Trio 750. But the uh, I would say on the smartphone OS where you can't touch the screen and, and it's more, you know, reliant on the hardware aspect of the device itself as far as navigation, uh, why they decided to leave that off is is beyond me yeah that's
0: and that's the you're you're right on with that when you've got when you've got the full windows mobile os like you do on your trios there is absolutely no problem um you know with not having that because you can manipulate the screen and you can pretty much create um ways to do things but on this yeah completely hardware rely i mean you can't do anything you know you can't you can't use your finger or anything i mean to manipulate the screen or you know so yeah you're right on on that one well, the uh, the Palm, speaking of trios, the 700P, uh, the maintenance release that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is expected to be available Monday, June 4th. Um, for Jerry, you and I, that would be tomorrow for Sprint users uh, from the palm.com website. I can't remember what I said before on that, but it looks like we do have a firm date um, for the Sprint version. Uh, nothing yet on the Verizon um, maintenance release at this time, so... If you're a Verizon 700p user, you're going to have to wait a little while. Next, here the uh, an article from the New York Times. And when I first read this, and, and I have to first of all say thank you to Joseph for sending this in to me. When I first read this, it was I was pretty interested in it. The article is uh, titled "How to Make Your Cell Phone Act Like a BlackBerry" and basically uh, ways to get around um, having to use a BlackBerry to get your email or a Trio or whatever other smart device to get your email, how to get it on your regular phone. And uh, the the crux of this article is that there are three different software programs that are out there that allow you to do this. The first one is Gmail for Mobile, which we've talked about in the past. Gmail's free email website, or excuse me, free email program uses Java to uh, basically look at your email on any Java-enabled phone and uh, allows you to go through... Read messages, delete messages, you know, do anything you want on there. Uh, It's not really push email though. It 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 makes you launch the program to do anything that you want in Gmail. On the flip side of that, if you go to uh, or if you're a Yahoo Mail user, you can download Yahoo Go 2.0, which is a internet um, or a phone um, program that allows you to get your email real time. Uh, It constantly is checking, and so it allows you. Essentially, in a push-type um, function, I, I don't want to say it's really push. It's essentially pulling it's, the email. It's, it's it yeah. It's faux push. Faux push. Yeah, <laughs> but it. Uh, you know, they're they're saying you know the the cost of the battery life is obviously because your your phone is running the program all the time. <clears throat> But you can open picture attachments, so that's uh, that's pretty good, and with the final version that they're going to come out with, you're going to be able to even open uh, documents, so that'll be kind of neat as well. And then the third software package that they mention is uh, Teleflip, and Teleflip is, um, uh, well, let's just say it takes your email every 15 minutes, converts it to a text message, and then sends it to your phone. Um That is, Uh, that's not email. (laughs) That's right. And and I hope you have an unlimited text plan. Yeah, because, you know, 160 characters max per text message, uh, that's that's a lot of text messages that you're going to be receiving. Um, So I would say for a light email user that wants to stay on top of, uh, you know, their personal email where maybe you're receiving less than 10 a day, I, I can't see it being... Um, I can do, I can see it being very cumbersome having to to get through so many different messages especially if you have someone you know like the, the, like my mom will write me you know paragraph after paragraph you know and okay I've got you know twenty seven text messages on one email <laughs> right <laughs> so I, it's an option though it's kind of neat you know, the thing that that does though is that it it makes you not have to sign up for a data plan you get it all through. Through your text messaging, so yeah, if you got unlimited,
1: teleflip.com allows you to do that. Um, right, and another good thing about that is the the first two options that you mentioned are really tied into whether or not you're a Gmail or a Yahoo, um, right? You know, service subscriber. And if you use neither of those two, then obviously those two options are really not what you want. So the third option is you know basically it sounds like it's not tied to any one provider. Yeah, and to to their credit, with this teleflip,
0: it says. Um, uh, that they you can cap the number of text messages you get so let's say you have an email you set it to like four <laughs> so you can get like no more than four uh, messages per email so so it doesn't make your phone vibrate all day long um, <laughs> so you know I, 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 I can completely see what they're saying with that one it's just constantly you know burr, 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 you know coming through one after another so um yeah anyway so thank anyway again thank you to joseph for sending that in to the questions and comments. No voicemails today. I love voicemails because I get to play them on the show and, uh, you know, get get the person's voice out there. Um, but I do have uh, three different emails here. First one is a question from Ryan. Ryan says, uh, you guys are wonderful. Thank you for making my weekends nice. with something good to listen to? Let me get to the point. I still like using the 2.5 millimeter headsets uh, because I don't want to have to worry about Bluetooth and I don't use a a headset that much to worry about getting one. Well, I have a 3G VX5300 and I can hear the sound through the earpiece, but I can't send my voice through it. People can't hear me. It it seems to be happening on most of the newer phones that I use. Would you be able to explain to me what some of the problems um, are and what can be done to fix this? Well, I you know well first of all Ryan is from wirelessadvisor.com and he actually had sent me this message over from there um, So hi Ryan hi to the whole wirelessadvisor.com community. Um, love you guys uh, you know a couple of thoughts that I had on this. The first one was that are you trying to plug in a, a standard uh, headset into a 2.5 millimeter mini stereo jack as in are you trying to try and you know convert it in some way from a 3.5 millimeter uh, headset down to a 2.5 that was my first question number two um, are, is it a four conductor a stereo and a microphone two and a half millimeter jack handset um, when it needs to really be using the th- uh, the three conductor standard headset or possibly vice versa. That may be something to look into. Uh, also, I've got a Wikipedia link here that I want to include. Talks about uh, a number of different things with the uh, the jack plug and and how um, and how that all works uh, versus a 2.5 millimeter mono, three and a half millimeter uh, mono and stereo, and then you know what what it means in, in all those. Um, you know, there's some pictures of that. Also, the, you know, the the tip ring sleeve. Um, you know. Also that is you know what is what a normal head headset should be uh, some of the models use the um, the tip ring sleeve uh, for stereo and other button controls so there's a number of different headsets out there a number of different jacks that you want to look at because the uh, um, that's probably what you're what's causing you the issue if you're using an old two and a half millimeter headset maybe from an older phone and uh, the newer the newer you know port on it may cause you issues. Um. Jerry do you know anything about these or any other advice that you may be able to give Ryan on this one
1: well, I think you pretty much covered it. Uh, I went through a similar uh, situation when um, I was using my K-Jam and wanted to buy um, headphones with a, a speaker attached to it. So I had to do a little research and find out what kind of jack I had, and similar to what you just mentioned. But the only thing I want to add is that you know, if you're really unsure and you don't find what you're really looking for, then call up the manufacturer. Uh, find out, because most mu- multimedia phones... Nowadays, do come with the um, combination headset and microphone, so that even if you're not satisfied with the quality of the, of those headphones and microphone, at least you could uh, you know ask the manufacturer as to what kind of jack you need, and and then there, then you know having that information, you can go out and shop for your own.
0: Hmm. Yep. That's that's great advice. Comment here from uh, I believe his name is is uh, Liban L I B A N. Anyway, he says, "Hi hey, guys, just found your podcast recently." Matter of fact, I am new to the whole iPod thing. Never had a need for, uh, for it. I used to use my cell phone for internet radio, um, but enjoyed your show um, as a fellow phone junkie. A Nokia junkie, actually, is what he says. Uh, he says, I was a little disappointed you guys didn't spend that much time on uh, a, the beast of the phone, the N95, which the iPhone just can't touch. I do realize that we live in a market dominated by carrier-supported cell phones uh, where customers... Or where customers just uh, consume whatever the carrier sells. Uh, I haven't owned uh, one carrier supplies cell phone in my cell phone history. I live for unlocked Nokias. I simply love the fact that I can do almost everything with my phones, uh, not without the carrier. Uh, uh, wants me to do with it. I understand that your focus may not be on these, but please spend some time introducing the general public to the joy of unlocked phones. You know, uh, I will I will mention this, be- and it's kind of timely that he mentions this because um, I just Jerry yesterday received in the mail um, a prepaid T-Mobile SIM card, and what what I decided to do was over time um, I've gone through you know every single carrier. I started with Sprint. Hopped over to T-Mobile and in the meantime used Verizon and Altel and got rid of them. Uh, then went to Nextel, then went to Singular, uh, and now am back to Verizon. But over the time, I accumulated a bunch of GSM phones, and um, probably about half of them are unlocked. And so I said, you know what? I need to get a prepaid SIM card so I can I can continually play with these phones and 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 you know just have something. So uh, for anyone who's interested, this is what I did. I hopped on eBay and uh, did a search for prepaid SIM cards, and I was ab- actually able to find a prepaid card with $30 on it. And everyone knows the way that eBay works. I was I picked it up for uh, with shipping under $10, with over $30 in credit on it, or with $30 in credit on it. So uh, the caveat is it does expire on July 15th, so I've got about a month and a half to use it. But at the same time, For seven bucks, that's pretty good. Essentially 150 minutes of T-Mobile time. So, uh... I wouldn't say that this is something to do for everyone, but I wanted to kind of just, you know, play with the prepaid thing a little bit and see what it's like. And, um, I'm using it in conjunction with grand central. So I have one number and once this one expires, I can hop online and buy another prepaid SIM card and just add that new phone number into there. And no one knows the difference because they're not even calling the actual number that the SIM is, uh, assigned with. They're they're calling my grand central number. So that's kind of neat, but, um, you know, Livin, I I do I know where you're coming from. Unlocked phones are, are pretty uh pretty interesting. I both Jerry and I have done this um, with my Qtec 9100 with your KJam. It is kind of a fun thing to do, isn't it?
1: yes it is but you do pay the price for it um because you do you will pay the premium price because obviously the carrier you know there's no carrier involved and no subsidy for the phone so you know if it's really worth uh for the things you do with a phone uh really worth you know to be unlocked then I say go for it but you know uh, you know like you said Mick I had an unlocked phone with the K-Jam and then went on to uh singular AT&T with the Trio 750 and that's a locked phone um if if I should need it unlocked you know I'll just call them up and say hey you know do what you got to do and unlock the phone you know if I should travel overseas or something like that so you know not a big deal.
0: No, but, you're, yeah, I mean, the, the cost that you're paying for to have that phone it is higher. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. The, boy, the N95 is a nice device, though, um, especially if you
1: like that Symbian OS. Boy. Uh, Absolutely, yep. 750, I think, 750 isn't I, it? Yeah. Ooh, that hurts. I mean, I think Dave said it last week perfectly uh, with Nokia. Obviously, Nokia, Nokia hasn't caught on big in the United States. Uh, neither has the Symbian OS. But, um, you know, you either love them or hate them. And I think, you know, if you're in the, the Nokia camp, you you obviously love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. I mean, it looks like a great device. For me personally, uh, you know, I've done some research on those phones and, and looked at some of the applications that are available. And it... it for me, it just doesn't do anything for me, but for others, you know, it could be, uh, you know, the thing that rocks their boat, you know? Yep. Absolutely.
0: Questions here from Glenn. Now, Glenn, (laughs) Glenn, I I know you're going to be listening to the show and I've actually already answered all of his questions because, uh, he, he was very thorough, uh, in his questioning of, of getting his, um, uh, what he wanted to do answered. So, Rather than read all the questions and then answer them, I'm going to read the question and then answer the question. Uh, and Jerry, hop in here if you have any comments on it. Um, but what we're talking about is uh, is voiceover IP video and voiceover IP audio. Um, so first of all, Glenn, thank you very much. I'm glad you found the show. I'm glad you're writing in. Um, and I, I did kind of. Uh, get into it here. With uh, he says, do you know what type of phone is needed uh, to video call a PC or other cell phone? And uh, I, I looked into it, and I did find that Singular and AT and is working on it. They don't have anything that's available at this time that I could find. Um, one thing that I will say is that the eighty five twenty five, the phone that they have uh, available from HTC, called the Titan uh, does have a video camera on it. And there's a video out there from msmobiles.com where he was using it in the UK to make video calls. And so I did include a link and I'll include it in the show notes as well. So you can take a look and see, uh, watch someone do a video call over the phone. So if you're interested in checking out HTC's Titan and the ability to use that to make these calls, um, that would be, uh, that would be an option. Um, but, Jerry, you, like you mentioned, um, is AT&T going to allow you to do it?
1: That's right, sure, exactly. Sure that's the it. thing. I mean, I, I don't think the bandwidth is set up or the technology is set up um, as of yet. And and that's why AT&T, or Singular at the time, basically when HTC came out with the Titan, um, AT&T said, nope, no front camera for us, uh, no suit for you.
0: Yeah. you know, so uh,
1: And basically that's why you will find on a uh, 8525 the front camera is missing. Yep, there's your
0: answer to that. What features, he asked, should I be looking for? I said, look for a phone that has 3G and a video camera in it. Windows mobile phones will be the likely suspects for it, um, and they also have lots of different options for loading software on it. Then he says, I have Sprint now, and a Sprint store customer service rep told me that none of their phones were capable of video conferencing or calling. The rep said that video calling was only available overseas. Is that true? Um he may be correct on the phones that are sold by the carriers, but I'm sure an unlocked phone like the Titan could do the trick um, on AT&T if that's what you were, were looking to do. Um, then he asks, is there a special service needed to video conference with a PC um, or other equipped cell phone? Um, special service, I think you mean, from the carrier. That would be just a 3G data plan. Uh, then he says, can I video conference with a video-capable phone through a Wi-Fi connection using voice over IP? Um it would be interesting to find out Uh, you know a mobile version of Skype for Windows mobile phones is um, available I I used it it was not very stable um, so I don't know how well the video would work Jerry are you using it at all right now
1: I mean I've used it a couple of times and and the thing I would say to Glenn right now I mean you have some great questions some very thorough questions but the one thing to realize is you're coming in on the infancy of this technology so you know as as Mickey has has given you answers and, and things to look into you have to realize that a lot of this technology is not quite there yet so you may be able to use it you may be able to use it in uh, real world situations but i can almost guarantee you it's not going to be as smooth as you think it's going to be Um, so think twice about whether or not this is something you really want to delve into right now because to be honest with you i I can guarantee you that as more carriers and more uh that to the technology comes online, uh, things will get better. So just, just keep that in mind when you when you do your investigations on your own.
0: Well, and you, you, you transition perfectly into his next comment, which was, the main reason I want a video conference is to be able to leave my laptop at home when I'm on the road 12 to 15 days a month. I use my laptop for email, video calling through Skype, and internet surfing. I'm almost always in Wi-Fi hotspots, hotels. Because of this, I would prefer to video call through Wi-Fi versus paying for a data plan. Uh, you know, I don't think that the mobile phone is really going to be, and I got to say this yet, the way for you to go on that in the future, I'm confident that we're going to get to that point. Um, but the stability, the processor power, battery life, you know, of, of the mobile device is, is not going to be able to handle it, uh, probably to your needs at this point. So I would stick to a laptop for now. Uh, then he goes on to say, do all GPS enabled phones have maps preloaded? Um, well, some do and some don't. So he says, if not, where do you get them? You know, you can you can hop on the Internet and look for software packages like TomTom, um, you know, download it or purchase the CDs to load on your phone. Um, if you have Windows Mobile, for example, you can load the maps uh, via uh, ActiveSync, which, uh, which is easy enough. Uh, then he says, will your GPS-enabled phone show your position at all times, assuming it's on and you have the proper maps loaded on the phone? will the phone display automatically update as you move Um, yes and yes I guess are the answers to that it will show your position as long as you have it running however it does take a ton of processor power so the battery is going to suffer from it so make sure you're plugged into power if you're using it for extended periods of time and yes it does update your position when you're moving um, if you have the built in GPS yeah
1: yeah, I think, um, Mick, I mean, I know there's, um, I'm not familiar with the one situation. I'll, I'll let you know what that is in a second. But, like, for example, with a Windows mobile phone, you have it paired or it's built into your device um, to an actual GPS unit. Um, and, you know, the, the maps move in real time. Now, what about a situation like uh, the Verizon Chocolate, where I, I don't think that's, it, it's GPS, but it's not, real time am I mistaking what that is or the uh, yeah the, the way the, the chocolate works the
0: service that they have and the name is escaping me right now um, but the service that they have basically uses the the cell phone network to create a virtual uh, GPS I guess is the best best way to describe it and it, it triangulates based off of the surrounding towers where that speci- that phone is sitting and by doing so, it is kind of showing your, I mean, it shows your position. It definitely does. But yeah, it's, it's not, if I understand it right, it's not real time, um, but it does, it does allow you to at least get a general idea of where you are and where you need to go. And I think it updates every
1: 10, 15 seconds, something like that. So it's not
0: bad. It's not bad. I don't think.
1: Exactly. It'll get you to point A to point B, but just not the same as if you were using a full fledged uh, uh, GPS device. Yeah, Exactly. Um, so anyway, so I sent those, those
0: questions back to Glenn and then he came back and he said, I have a couple more. Um, he said, is, uh, AT&T's 3G network, the only network in the States that would allow video calling? Um, I don't think so. I think once this stuff gets up and rolling, you know, the singular UMTS, HSDPA network obviously is one Verizon's EVDO and Sprint's EVDO and Altel's EVDO, um, would also be able to fit that bill as well. Um, And he says, why wouldn't Sprint's EVDO work and uh, EVDO Rev-A? And what is Rev-A? Well, yeah, I said Sprint's would work. And then uh, basically Rev-A is the new iteration of the EVDO uh, Rev-0 network that was deployed uh, over the past two years by them. Uh, It increases the speeds uh, marginally. I think it's what they're quoting is up to from 400 to 700 kilobits a second to 500 to 800 or something like that. So uh, not significant, but a little bit faster. Um, so if you're looking if you're looking for the the raw speed the HSDPA right now um, is I think right around a meg is what they quote isn't that right Jerry something yeah, like that yeah exactly yeah yep. okay um, and then are there any voiceover IP mobile applications that you know of that are stable while video calling um, you know I don't have any experience of them but I've got a bunch of links here uh, companies such as Fring uh, Mino Wireless uh, Barablu uh, Viego and Challenge Mobile are all ones that I found that you may want to check out. And, of course, there's always Skype, um, which works on Windows Mobile. Yeah.
1: Stable is can be a re- very relative <laughs> term. I mean, you can have uh, stable where you'll have to reboot 20 times or stable where you'll only have to reboot maybe two times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the, the hard reality of these
0: things nowadays. That That is very, very true. Lastly, having heard my needs, what phone and service would you recommend... And why? Wow. (laughs) Well, you know, Glenn, I'll be honest. This is such a personal choice. um, And quite honestly, it's one of the reasons why I really don't do a lot of recommendations as far as when someone comes and says, which provider should I go with? You know, which phone should I go with and things like that? Um, however, I, I will tell you this. Um, make sure, you, of course, you take a look at one of the carriers that offers 3G. So your options would be Singular, Verizon, Sprint, or Altel. And and then once you design on the carrier, um, you know, then we can go ahead and take a look at which phone would work for you best and, and which ones that you like. Some people really happen to like Windows mobile devices, and so uh, maybe you want to take a look at those. You know, others, you um, although may not like those because of they perceive them as being unstable. Exactly. But, you know, that's really very personal. Uh, you know, and some people like the Nokia smartphone devices, love that Symbian OS. Other feels, others feel that that's just a little bit too simplistic for them. So, you know, basically everyone likes different devices, so you really need to go to each of the stores to see if what they have is going to fit your needs and your wants. That's really what it
1: comes down to exactly I mean and and as I said before um, with regards to Glenn and his needs I mean like I said the video technology is not quite there so if you take that out of the equation then what you're really left with is what Mickey said is personal choice Um, you know there's tons of forums out there for every platform available so Palm, Windows Mobile, uh, Blackberry Nokia and you really need to go on there you know peruse the forums each one will have its pros and cons and each one will require some kind of effort on your part whether it is to learn the OS learn what it does like for example Windows Mobile it's very uh, interactive you have to be um, proactive in maintaining it and uh, making sure your apps are running fine and so on and so forth and just just get a feel for it you know go into the stores try them out you know just keep in mind that when you're in the store it's not always necessarily true that that's the way your device has to be because like for Windows Mobile Palm even uh BlackBerry Rim you can add uh third party applications to make them act the way you want to and that's uh, if you do your homework you know you should be happy
0: that's right doing your homework really is critical in these types of situations so well, Jerry, that's that's just about it.
1: Anything else that you want to add before we cut out of here? No, I just uh want to thank you for having me on and um just a, as a general comment, you know, uh, for the for the listenership out there. I think Mickey uh, you do a, a great job of, of trying to cover everything that is cell phone related and data related and 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 me you know having understanding of a lot of the data and and windows mobile devices i, I have to tell you personally i have learned so much from your show uh regarding technology and i even send you in questions i mean is you know things that you know i don't understand and not, and i just want to tell you that you know i enjoy listening to the show and i i most certainly enjoy being on from time to time and I'll you have me back.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that, Jerry. I certainly appreciate those words and and we'll definitely have you back on. I think, like I said at the beginning of the show, that the perspective that you bring uh, really is fantastic. And I know the the listeners love hearing to you and what you have to say, especially.
1: And and actually, we got to try to have like uh, Steve and and, uh, Dave and, uh, you know, have everybody on at once without technical difficulties. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. Without
0: technical difficulties. (laughs) Well, again, thank you, and thank you to everyone out there for listening to the show. Until next week, have a good one. Have a good one. Thanks.